Episode 123 of Australia's number one marketing show. It's time for Andrew Griffiths and I to get together for some very funny business. Welcome to the Small Business Big Marketing Show, where successful small business owners share their secrets to take your marketing to the next level. Now, here's your host, Tim Reid. G'day everyone and welcome back to another episode of Australia's favourite marketing show. I'm your host, Timbo Reid. You right there are a motivated small business owner and we are brought to you by the very good folk at Net Registry who are there to help you get your business sorted online. And if I could, I'd like to draw your attention to their Grow Online package, which is one of the three packages that they've put together exclusively for small business big marketing listeners. Uh, their Grow Online package gives you complimentary website analysis, six months SEO program, ten around 10 keywords words with free setup, monthly reporting and phone consulting and a dedicated account manager plus a free book on a free ebook on SEO. 150 bucks a month minimum 6 months. You can access that through netregistry.com.au or go to smallbusinessbigmarketing.com and click on the net registry banner where you'll see all the exclusive listener packages listed. Today on the show, episode 123 of Small Business Big Marketing. I go head to head with me old buddy, our old buddy, Andrew Griffiths, the most published small business author in Australia, mind you, with 11 books under his belt, soon to be 12, although he won't tell us what that 12th book is. I kind of have a little bit of inside information, but I'm not going to share it with you because it's a secret and he's going to launch it soon. But on Funny Business, we always get together sort of once every four or five weeks or so and belt out a few issues that we feel are relevant to you and your business uh, in order to make business a little bit more fun. That is the intent. After the episode of Funny Business, which I am just about to roll with, I am going to comment on an email I received from listener Gino, long-time listener Gino, in which he comments on last week's episode 122, in which I interviewed Jonathan Crywicky from Pitch and Woo, a startup that is going to go places. Amongst other comments Gino makes in his email, he says, at times, I feel there is a lot of talking about the individual which has very little to do with marketing. Mm. Well, I'll make comment on that and the rest of Gino's email after this episode of Funny Business. So let's wander down the passageway and into the Funny Business studio where Griffo is waiting. See you on the other side. Andrew Griffiths, welcome back to Funny Business. Well, good, good. I was going to say good afternoon, good morning, good evening, uh, all of the above, Timbo. Correct. It's lovely to have you on board. And uh, fifth episode of Funny Business, we have got a bit to cover. We are going to talk goofing off time. Are you allowed to do it as a small business owner? We are going to talk about that. We're going to ask ourselves the question: Can you give away too much? We are going to talk about overcoming business setbacks, of which you have had a couple of recent weeks, one which is particularly <laughs> funny. Um, <laughs> how far we go with that one, I don't know, but uh, we'll, we'll just see. Um, see what Doris has to say. <laughs> we'll see what Doris has to say. Um, now we've got to dig ourselves out of that because the listeners uh, have no idea beautiful. what we're saying, but we'll go with that. Um, Griffo, 
Uh, yes. Just, um, I've had a busy day today. Um, just came back mm. from a two-hour meeting in a cafe. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, I think we might have had a chat offline about this at some point in the last 12 months, but what do you think about doing business in cafes? Oh, I love it. I, I'm personally, I'm a, a major advocate of of doing uh, doing business in cafes. I think there's something about it that you just you think a little bit differently. You, you're, you're serious? Oh, I didn't. I thought you were as against as against it as I was. No, not at all. I, I do most of my business is done in cafes these days. It's uh, is and this, it has been for the last four or five years. Right, um, because. You are a bit of a road warrior. You are you are travelling all the time, so it's not as if you can say, "Come back to my mahogany uh, <laughs> tiled office." Um, sometimes uh, we're forced to absolutely. do business in cafes. What, why do you love it? Well, yes, it's it's really because I'm a road warrior is number one. But but the, the main reason, of course, is the fact I'm too tight to pay for an office. You are tight, <laughs> aren't you? <laughs> well. I've had the office. I've had lots of people. I've done all of that kind of stuff. And I've got to say, I just love being in a really nice cafe. It's nice and relaxed. People are in a different headspace. You can have better conversations. I find doing business in a in a coffee shop is more enjoyable for me. And I think it's more enjoyable for people generally. And I mean, there are things that I certainly wouldn't talk about in a coffee shop. And I have, you know, venues that I use when I need to, if it's a bit more confidential and I, and I get all of that kind of stuff. Yeah. But generally, when you're catching up, when you're doing updates, when you're having a marketing meeting, whatever you're doing, i, I, I Honestly, I, I think they're the most wonderful venues. Right. And, mm. well, you don't think so by the sound of things. Oh, no, no, not at all. Not at all. I, uh, Interesting. I'll tell you why in a minute. Just tell me, do you then, um, are you happy to do business in any type of cafe or do you go, huh, we're going to have a business meeting in a cafe, choose wisely? I, I always choose wisely and I always have a bit of a reason. I tend to have my favourites in each city. There's a place where I will go back to. And I just, I, I like the fact that um, there's certain coffee shops where you can have a bit more privacy, you yep. can be a little bit quieter, uh, they don't have the music blaring, all those kind of things. Did I tell you about a coffee shop I went to in the States? Have we talked about this on the no, show? I don't no. So it was really interesting. Last time I was there, uh, a mate of mine who I was doing some work with in Arizona said, oh, we'll, we'll go and hang all day at the coffee shop. And I went, all day? All day. All day. Yeah, like, really? Well, I mean, it, is there a water slide I, there? Even I've got my limits. <laughs> and we, we've gone to this, this this enormous coffee shop. Is It really was a coffee factory, I think is what you'd call it. But what was really interesting was in one part of this place, they've actually set it up for entrepreneurs oh, and business people bang. to work out of. There it is. That is and exactly what I'm talking about. That's what I want to see. One, well, and you know what made it? Okay, so what makes this unique? You had your own toilets which was just, and it's a little cut off, it's a little area that said this is for people that run their business, that uh, for entrepreneurs, small business yep. owners, I should have taken a photo, that work out of work out of here basically is what well, The toilets said. have little platforms for your laptop? <laughs> well, just about. <laughs> Interesting. There were clocks in the toilets that, so you could keep a track of time. You say clocks. Yeah, clocks. Oh, so, because a lot of people don't wear watches, <laughs> keep it clean. Um, there were, um, you know, there, there were. You got free Wi-Fi. You got a higher speed Wi-Fi yeah. if you're an entrepreneur in there. They gave you a different code. Um, you got discounts. They gave you a card when you came in. So, if you're there for the whole day, you got specials on meals. They had photocopying stuff that they could do. Brilliant. All of these extra bits and pieces that you didn't pay for. They were just services that encourage people to go and spend the day there. Now you could plug in your laptop and all your 
gear at the table. Um, it was fascinating. And we were there for 12 hours doing business. I've got to tell you, it was mm-hmm. a gruelling day. And you just watch people come and go all you would day have, long. You would have knocked back a couple of, uh, what are we talking, almond croissants, vanilla slice, a couple of burgers in that. That's 12 it's, hours. That was the first hour. <laughs> you know, And it's America, so it's all low-cal and light. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's, Small uh, serves. I think I would have been like a chihuahua with the amount of coffee I drank at the end of the day. I was wide, I've got to say. Oh, my God. Here so many Mr. people are like that. Here it comes was Mr. Amazing. Griffiths. Here goes Mr. Griffiths. We'll put the chaff. What, what do they put around horses' necks? Yeah, chaff bag, mate. Thank you. Yeah, filled with lamingtons. <laughs> but how long till we start to see places like that happening in Australia, which I know we've got some hubs and things oh, like that, which yeah. are fabulous. And I've been to the one in Melbourne, uh, which I just thought was fabulous. I forget the name of it now, but, you know, the central op- entrepreneurial kind of places. But I think coffee shops that are catering for people that have, I mean, we're just kind of getting coffee shops that are offering Wi-Fi. And you're going, well, yeah. man, there's so much more you can do than that. And, and in this entrepreneurial place in this big coffee factory in America, it was chockers, absolutely yeah, yeah. chockers with people. And you thought, hmm, isn't that interesting, hey? So- well, there you go. That's exactly uh, – I would be convinced that doing business in a cafe like that is a good idea. I've often – I think I might have even talked about it on a, on a small business big marketing episode previously where it's kind of – the idea is to have Qantas Club or, you know, like Airline Club meets mm-hmm. your home mm-hmm. office and it's yep. like that then then that works. But, you know, for me, doing business in a cafe, just any cafe like I've just done, I, I had the bloody sun shining in my eyes, there was music blaring, the table mm. was too close next to me, the chairs over the course of two hours, got a bit of a, a sore buttock, uh, mm-hmm. the left cheek went to sleep. Like, am I, mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I mean, that's too much information, but it was the reality, you know. And it, you, have, you, have you tried to do business with uh, with pins and needles in your left buttock? Well, it's it's you know it's, it's a battle wound of, of the modern day entrepreneur these is. days. It you is. know, pins and needles in the left buttock, paper cuts, you <laughs> paper know, cuts, stress caused by flat batteries. Correct. I mean, it, it's it is a war zone out there. That's it all is. we can say. Look, anyway, uh, enough of that. If there is an entrepreneurial cafe owner listening, then just set it up and, and Griffo and I will be your first two customers. Make sure you've got chaff bags at the front we can hook on <laughs> as we walk and, in because we'll be there for extended periods of time. And, but that's a really, actually, a very good point you make, though. If someone's going to come and do business in your, in your cafe, you think, oh, well, they're just going to take up space. Who really wants that? But the reality is, and I've got a cafe in town here where I live, mm. and I'll often spend all day there seeing different people and I just run a tab all day. It's nothing for me to spend two hundred dollars, yep. you know, by the end of a day with with various meetings and all the rest of it. But but I do think it's so important that everyone has that that is quiet, that you've got Wi-Fi, yep. and that it's comfortable. So you got to have kind of comfy chairs yep. for exactly the reason we spoke about. So yep. we'll see more of them, I think. And a couple of pennies, a couple of penny machines, pinball machines. Yeah. That was a great idea. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. just what we need for a trip down memory lane. Correct. And. Uh, Correct. Hey, Griffo, uh, let's digress. You've had um, – let's talk about this idea of how – how do you co- overcome business setbacks? You have had in the last uh, – I'm thinking here, two or three weeks – a natural disaster up in FNQ where you live. Uh, You've had some right. floods. Uh, and then last week when we were about to record Funny Business, you, you <laughs> ring me and say, uh, Timbo, 
Uh, I've lost my bags. The taxi's <laughs> driven off with my bags. Can't record. And, and how, how strange was that? I mean, I mean, it, let's be honest. That's that's <laughs> not not the the most significant of issues to ever face on. But I I was simply swapping hotels, going from one hotel to another. And the hotel where I was leaving from said, "I oh, will put your bags in a taxi, and when you get there, um, when you finish your business and get there, the bags will have arrived." And of course, what became a little bit disconcerting though was that eight hours later, when I got to the hotel, my bags weren't there. That's and, Incredibly trusting. You are a trusting fellow, but I don't know. I I wouldn't let my bags go in a taxi. I don't trust them. Well, I am a trusting. I mean, when's a taxi driver ever been dishonest? Exactly. You know. Exactly. Hello to all you taxi drivers. Like, it's just, I I guess so. But it was quite interesting, that funny thing. But the floods were far more significant. I mean, Cairns, where I live, we didn't get flooded. But we did have the ramifications of no internet connection and Mm no um, nothing, no phone lines for about 36 hours. Now, that was quite phenomenal because, I mean, normally we're used to the power going out because there's a cyclone. We're used to internet going down because there's a cyclone. We're used to those kind of things. But something always worked. You could always kind of ring someone or it's down for a few hours. To be without any connection to the outside world for a few hours, actually for that long, like 36 hours, whatever mm-hmm. it was, was quite phenomenal. I couldn't, I had a webinar booked that I couldn't ring anyone to say I can't do it because I, wow. I couldn't get onto a phone. I couldn't yeah. get onto an internet. I couldn't do anything so you've just people think well you just slept in or or whatever the case may be but there are other things I think natural disasters are such a part of Australia and looking at well part of the world now look at America the snowstorms that are going all these crazy things that are happening but other setbacks in business to me are things like what do you do when you lose a big client we've we've all experienced that well you know we've lost our biggest customer and it's like oh god what do we do so um I, th- and, and I think, too, I think this discussion, because we could talk about, well, what are the steps you take when you lose sure. a client? I don't think that dis- it's, this discussion is not about that. To me, it's a mindset thing because, you know, you lose your bags last week in Sydney. Um, that's a reason to, you know, throw the hands up and go, OMG. <laughs> um, and, you know, different people handle situations differently. Another person might have completely lost the plot and gone, you know, cancel all meetings. I'm going home, crawling into the corner, <laughs> fetal position, sucking my thumb. But it's like, you've got to look at this. I guess it's all about looking at, okay, where's the positive in this? <laughs> well, where's the positive in losing it, all my luggage? It is. And it's, and it's all a matter of perspective. It's, <laughs> I, I do believe that. I think anyone who's been in business for any amount of time, you've had a pile of ups and a pile of downs and and you've either learnt to cope with that kind of stuff or you've had a nervous breakdown mm. because that's just the nature of doing business. I, I think that, that that it is about choosing the way that we react to those things more than anything else. I mean, you know, we lose a big client. Well, the problem that I see is not so much someone losing a big client, it's the fact that they they almost slide into depression because they don't do anything about it. Mm. Yeah, we've got to be upset and we've got to be a bit grumpy about it and we've got to wander around and kick the door and, you know, be, be whatever it is that we are going to be grumpy, you know, however that looks for, for us as individuals. But the key is you just got to get on with it, don't yep. you? It's, it's, it's like overcoming a natural disaster, a fire, a flood or whatever. I think we have to be upset about it initially, but then I think we've got to say, okay, now I've just got to get on with it. And and I think my goal in life has always been to make the upset period last for the shortest possible amount of time I can make it last. Yeah, I, 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 I agree. I also when I when I hear conversations like the one we are having, there are people out there who do really take setbacks really hard. You know, like they're real, and you know, even the smallest of setbacks. So it's like it is a hard thing, but you've almost got to. 
even before they happen, as small business owners, we've got to we've got to acknowledge that hey, buck stops with me. It's my business. Enjoy Absolutely. the good times and know that there will be tough times ahead. And almost pre-prepare like an athlete would in a in a race. Like you know, Absolutely. Um, imagine it. What's it look like? What's it look like when I lose my biggest client? What's it look like when my luggage gets lost? And kind of, it's. It, it, I'm getting a bit woo woo on you, but like feel that so that when it yeah. does happen, it's not a new experience. You have to use the force, Timbo. That's oh, the, the, the only way to respond. But, but you're Thanks, exactly- Yoda. Thanks, Yoda. <laughs> but you're exactly <laughs> right because I think uh, for me as a communications marketing kind of guy, if I have a new client come on board and they, and I'm doing PR for them, for example, uh, in the past, the first thing I do is, is sit down with them and say, what are all the worst things that could possibly happen to this business? Let's start with the worst priority. It's normally someone gets killed or, or a, like I'm working with a shipping company at the moment, a boat runs aground on the Great Barrier Reef would be the worst possible yeah. thing you could have happen. So you list all the things and we actually, we preempt, we've written all the press releases for all those scenarios Mm. so that, you know, I mean, you can say you're you're doom and gloom, but you've actually done exactly what you said. Okay, let's imagine, you know, no one would like to, but let's imagine one of the vessels has run aground on the reef and some people have been killed and the reef is damaged. That's a worst possible scenario. Like, how are we going to manage that? What are we going to do? How are we going to survive as a company out of that and have those discussions? Who have we got to call? What are we got to do? And it's really interesting when you do that, even at a smaller scale and say in my little business, if I lost all my computers and everything, got home and the place had been burgled um, and I'd lost everything, it'd be horrible, but but what would I do? And you mm-hmm. go, okay, well, if you've actually got a little bit of a plan of attack for all those worst case scenarios, you know, somehow they're not quite as scary mm-hmm. because, you, well, okay, I get home, the place has been robbed, well, I know what I'm going to do because I've got my plan of attack. I've thought it through. Yeah. And, and I think when you think things through like that, it actually takes a lot of the fear of them happening away from you. And, and, and I believe it's very powerful. I think it's a very smart thing for business owners to mm-hmm. do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, do it before it happens. Absolutely, Griffo. Um, mm, now, point. mate, um, this is plays it. Uh, you have written, uh, you wrote an ebook actually on how to deal with natural disasters, as you would, you know, a mm. common ebook. But uh, well done for getting that out so quickly during the times of the floods in Australia and uh, everything that was going on. And you know, the, and I've in the I'm in the process of putting together an ebook on something, and I've got a client putting one together. Client asked me the other day, you know, like, like, how much do we actually give away? Like, you know, mm-hmm. we're putting it. There's a lot of good content here, and I hear this question a lot, particularly as content marketing, particularly mm-hmm. as this ability for small business owners to put together a podcast, to write a book, to put together a forum, whatever it may be, do some videos. Like, okay, so you want me to share my knowledge, but how much do you want me to share before? Mm-hmm. When's too much? When's too much mm-hmm. enough? Is that you know, like? What are your thoughts on that? Is it uh, is there a line, or do you just keep giving? I don't know. You know, for me, I think everyone's different, Timbo. I know that you're a very generous bloke. You give away a lot of a lot of your information, mm-hmm. uh, and and I think that. Um, for, for many of us who have perhaps got a little bit of grey hair, that's also been the way that we've done business. I don't, I don't know. My view is personally that, that I have always given away all of my information, whether it be in books, whether it be in presentations, whether it be in articles, interviews, whatever. I haven't really held back anything. And I've never really worried about that because I kind of don't look at knowledge or information as something that you have in limited supplies. Mm. I Personally, I look at it well 
that information, I'll give it away. And if other people use it, well, that's great because there'll be some more coming or there'll be more stuff that I create. And, and I mean, that's in all my books. I've got, I don't know, 2,000 articles, which I don't think my brain's got any more information than that, really, <laughs> to me. It, it's already out. There's, there's nothing left in there. Yeah, yeah. It's rattling around. You, you, know, you but, and I are similar. I mean, I, I actually say to people uh, when I'm talking in the sense that, like, you know what? You wouldn't really need me to speak here at your conference or wherever I am. All you need to do is listen to my podcast, read my blog, um, and you pretty much know everything I know about marketing. But I think there's an aspect of it. It's just the human aspect, which is people want to deal with people. They don't want to just listen to a podcast or just read a book. Exactly. Well, like if you take the example, Tim, that, that someone could learn how to podcast, they can go online, they can figure it out, they can do a Google search, they can do all the rest of it, or they could go to someone like you who teaches them how to do it from mm-hmm. A to A to Z, mm-hmm. A to Z. So Z? if you looked at that, a bit of Americanism, I'm just wow. throwing it there to keep it going. You, but if you, you are an international fellow, Griffo. But if, you, but if you look at it, that's the same thing, isn't it? I mean, I, I, I get asked all the time to present on topics where the easiest thing for me to do is exactly like yourself. <laughs> they just the book. buy the friggin' book. <laughs> and uh, it'll save you time. But, but that's why a book is such a great marketing tool because even when you write them, you still got the people that want you. And, I, and you're right, it's that human connection. But so, so when you're in that situation and you're presenting and all the rest of it and you've got all this information, I personally find that if you're kind of holding back, it sometimes can lack a little bit of integrity, a bit of alignment. I, I, my view is 100%. You give them as much as you've got mm. and um, and – and just be open to the fact that that you'll create more. There'll be more information coming, and people people will only use you more when they when you're generous with the information that you give. Even sometimes, if you're not directly really going to make a return on it, I, I get freaking hundreds of emails. I'm sure, like yourself, every every week asking for information. Can you give me some advice? Can you teach me about whatever it might be? And you try and get back to everyone as much as you can. There's no money, and there's no no one's paying you to do it. It's just kind of people inquiring, but. I think it's a good thing to do. I think it's a, dare I say, it's a good karma uh, mm. to, to share it. That's, mm. again, my, my take. You know? I think there's a lot. I, I agree. Uh, and, yeah, I agree. I keep giving. There's probably a lot of business owners who aren't even aware of this whole concept of sharing the knowledge and they're still, you know, I see it's just a, a lot of them still pushing out information, running ads, doing letterbox drops, um, mm. and it's it's full of what I'd call advertising copy, you know, almost like, it's kind of like just teasing, you know, like, I know a lot about this, use my services. But, why don't, you know, I, I love the, the quote, um, don't tell me you're funny, tell me a joke. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, I agree. Uh, I, I agree. That's clever, very, very yeah. clever. Thank you for that. That's clever. Might, uh, in fact, I was going to, if you don't mind, I'll use the headline for this actual episode, uh, just buy the friggin' book, if I could use that as the, <laughs> the main quote from this, uh, this episode. Love it. Yeah. I, absolutely. But if I can add one more thing to that, though, Simbo, I, I do think that that any business that has a spirit of generosity, whatever it be, and by that I, I mean whether you're generous in business, whether you're generous as a solo entrepreneur, generous with your time, generous with your information, I, I believe that that does come back to you. And I've seen so many examples of, of people that are generous on every level coming back to them, I, yet I've seen 
far more examples of mean businesses that have gone broke because they're just so mean. They've got mm. poverty mentality. They don't give away anything. They um, they don't treat staff well. They don't treat their customers well. It's all about every cent is a prisoner. And mm. and sometimes I, I understand we all get into that mode, but it's but we shouldn't. I, I think generosity, one of the greatest ways to, to grow a really successful business is to be generous in whatever shape or form you can be. And uh, some people go, oh, yeah, good on you, Andrew. That's a bit freaking mung beanish and a bit. <laughs> but my experience over 30 years of doing business is exactly that. Mm. I wonder what the big guys would take big guys take on that would be, you know, like a I was gonna say Kerry Packer, but he's no longer with us. <laughs> but you know, like a Lindsay Fox or a um a Donald sure. Trump. You know, what would what would they respond to that? You know, are they well, giving people it's a good question, but but and there's other ways of measuring success though too. Like of course the old cliche, if uh, I think it was Henry Ford, wasn't it, it said if all your business makes is money, it's not much of a business. Mm. Um, you know, I, I agree with that entirely as well. And and you look at people, even Donald Trump, apart from spending a lot of money on hairdressers, the the, the, the reality is he's a very generous guy. Amazingly generous guy is behind he? things. Yeah, absolutely. But but you would never know that. Uh, I think from the, the the outward image that he portrays as this tough, tough-ass kind of business guy, mm. you know, gives away millions and millions of dollars. But uh, you look at Warren Buffett's got to be a prime example, Bill Gates, yeah. all those kind yeah. of folks. I'm just saying just giving, like, is the answer to everything, but I think it's part of the answer. You don't go to uh, Trumpy's hairdresser, do you? Just, just, uh, just something occurred to me. I don't know. Uh, oh, you're funny, aren't you? Hey, funny, uh, big fella. Yes. Funny, funny, funny. Well, you're not answering the question. You just kind of deflecting <laughs> it. So I'll take that as a yes. I go, I go to America for secret business trips. That's all I'm going to say. Next question. <laughs> <laughs> Just now, speaking of which, yeah. I'm going to lead into the next here question we here. Here we go. Because I'm getting nervous now. Yeah. As a small business owner, this is something that you've raised with me a number of times, yeah. and, and you, you're just way too serious. So yeah. I've got to yeah. really ask you this question where you're going, okay, as a small business owner, is it okay to allow yourself some goofing off time? <sighs> now, what's your view? What's your take? Well, my answer is damn right. You should be. You should have goofing off time. But don't look to me as an example of that because um, it's funny, you know, like I have run my own business now for, could be getting on eight years and uh, prior to that I had about 20 years working in corporate Australia and, you know, nine to five or (laughs) nine to five, (laughs) seven seven till eight, uh, you know, but... I have found it hard to lose that mentality. Mm. I, I still I love the fact that I can go and you know if I want to go out for a coffee or if I want to do if I do want to goof off I can I, there's no one I have to tell you know I don't have to look behind my back and wonder whether they're waiting for me when I get back all that type of stuff. But mm. I do when I do even when I do goof off I've, in the back of my head I've got oh god what have I got on what have I got on what have I got to do this got to do that. But um, yeah, damn right I think everyone should should have some some downtime. And, and, I mean, well, what does goofing off mean to you, though? Yeah, not, uh, it means not working. Just just not not working? Is it like just um, Anything recharging? That, is, it, is it kind of doing something completely I, 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 going I have for a, a ride um, on your bike? Is it? Do you know what? Only as of today, because I had a, a very dear friend come round this morning, Griffo, and give me a bit of diary coaching, a bit of calendar mm-hmm. coaching. Okay. Um, and I have been... St- 
stuffing around with calendars. I, at the start of this year, I went and bought the beautiful Moleskine diary. Paper. I said, stuff it, I'm going back to paper diaries. I've got the Google diary on my iPhone. I've got this, and I just could not, could not settle on one. Ben, my mate Ben, calendar coach, has come around this morning, and I have got a colour-coded Google calendar now, and uh-huh. there is one calendar called Timbo Time. Hmm. And that is made up of um, might be going to gym, it might be going out grabbing a coffee, it might be picking the kids up from school uh, and going out and grabbing a bit of afternoon tea. It's just it, it's just not work stuff. So what do you reckon, Griffo? Is it okay to goof off? Oh, well, absolutely. I, I think that that's one of the greatest joys of <laughs> of being in your own business, isn't it? <laughs> it's to it's to goof off. The, I, I think the secret, though, and, and you have touched on it without a doubt, and we talk about it, is is to be able to goof off without feeling guilty. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the toughest part mm-hmm. when we all feel like, oh, we should be this, we should be doing that, oh, I should be doing this, should. And these days, I, I don't have any guilt at all. I, I've gone way beyond the guilt stage. If I, <laughs> I'm, if I'm going to goof off, that's it. I've, I've, I'm gone fishing. I'm by the pool. I've just made the call. That's it. I've had enough today. And and I, I just find though that if I don't do that. I don't know about you, but but I find that when I'm sitting at my desk and I'm really I've done nothing for the last hour and I'm down to the Super Bowl commercials on YouTube <laughs> and convincing myself that this is somehow something to do with work, yeah. uh, that it's time to go, you know what, time to have a break. And I found that the more I have a break every hour, the more I take 10 minutes off, 15 minutes off, whatever it might be, just stretch, go to the loo, have a drink, whatever, I, I get far more done anyway. I, 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 I'm gonna I think be, you got to do it. I'm going to be the devil's advocate again mm. because, again, you and I aren't necessarily representative of... Um, well, we're not. We're not representative of all small business owners. Sure. Okay. You and I, service-based businesses, we've got enough business to well and truly keep ourselves busy. And we're at a point where we can, you know, luckily enough, choose who to work with and who not to work with. We can say yes and no, right? Mm. But there's blokes and women listening to this show who are working in a shop, who are running a shop all day. So first of all, nine to five, six days a week, Monday to Saturday, shop's open. Yep. Got to do it. Got to do, do it. it. Um, and business ain't as good as it could be. Yep. Yeah? I, I, I hear you. Where's, where's Goofy? Where's Goofy in that scenario? Well, I mean, in my own experience, what I can say is that, that I've certainly had businesses like that in the past. I've certainly had businesses where I've had an office and I've worked the ridiculous hours, ridiculous 14, 15, 16 hours a day, day in, day out, seven days a week. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Did I run a good business? Absolutely no. not. Did I make any money? Absolutely not. Did I burn myself out? Absolutely. Did I enjoy it? No. Did it cost me like a, a marriage along the way? Absolutely, because mm-hmm. I thought that that's what you had to do to be successful in business. I had the old small business syndrome where you, you, had, you had to sit around with other small business owners and complain and, and get your code, your medal, saying, I haven't had a holiday for 10 years, and that was almost like the small business owner's code, you know, mm-hmm. you've you, you been in the trenches. And to be honest, I, I think a lot of people still have that, and I, I get that times are tough, but I think the way to be successful in what you're doing in business is you've got to be fresh, your brain's got to be working, you've got to be enthusiastic, you've got to be energised, no matter how tough things are, Mm -hmm. because otherwise... 
it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy where you slowly go broke. How many shops have you gone into where there's someone miserable and forlorn behind the counter because times are tough and they're tired and exhausted? You aren't going to buy anything from them. Chinese mm. saying, man without a smile should never open a shop. And, and, and I must look up that. I have got a proverb book, so if it's not in there, I'll be disappointed. It's there. I guarantee it's there. Okay. But, but you, you, you know what I'm saying? There's what we should do because we think we should do. My view is to shut the shop, but have the shop the, the shop shut earlier, have time out, whatever. Mm. Don't be open for as long. I, I know it's easy for me to say that, mm. but I think that unless we're in the right headspace and we're feeling feeling physically good, emotionally good, intellectually good, then I think everything else is far harder than it should be and we end up doing a lot of time, but we're not necessarily productive. We're not necessarily getting things done. Do you know there's, and, a, there's, uh, a, donut, uh, there's a donut shop, and I do a little bit of research on donut shops, Griffo. Um, there's a donut shop in uh, in Vancouver that operates on the uh, the marketing strategy of scarcity, and uh, what yeah, they do yeah. is they say we make X donuts a day, and once those bad boys are sold, we're out of here. I like that. It, it, yeah. could have, that who knows? And, and what a great way! It's like the old way of doing business, wasn't it? The old bakeries, the old yeah, 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 shops yeah. where people just bought something and, and that's it. When it's gone, you move on. I sometimes wonder, and, and look, I could be being completely naive here, and maybe maybe shops need to be open, you know, eight hours a day, seven days a week. But <clears throat> what if what if a retail shop said, you know what, we're gonna like give you an example, dry cleaners. I don't get why dry cleaners don't close during the middle of the day because and, and open early in the morning and open late at night for when people you know going to work and coming home from work. Um, it's almost like challenge the the question is to challenge the conventions of your category. You know, one of the conventions is shops are open all the time. Well, do we have to be, or when do people need us the most? Exactly, exactly. And, and, I, I and agree. Go and goof off in the other times. Well, I guess that uh, what that really means, Timbo, is that that everyone's got a bit of a different perspective. But I think that we agree at least that it's goofing off is a good thing. Correct. Uh, if, if we can do it physically, emotionally, intellectually, we'll end up running our business better. And maybe some of the old myths and fallacies around what you've got to do to be successful uh, should be replaced with things like allow at least an hour a day to goof off. An do hour whatever a day. it is you can. Well, you know, whatever you want to call goofing off, maybe we need to define what goofing off is, but at least chilling out, relaxing, doing something a little bit different, throwing a stick for the dog, just doing something, going, having a coffee, just letting your brain have a chance to catch up, I think is, uh, is what it's all about correct anyway mate we we need to start thinking about what's going on over the next couple of weeks what's in your calendar what's coming up oh griffo i've got a bit of travel i am off uh interstate tomorrow i am running a a branding i've run these workshops called uh, branding workshops where i help a business understand the key pillars of their brand in order Mm. to um create great marketing communication so we talk about we help them get the the emotional answer to what do you do and pers- we identify the personality of the brand and do a whole lot of fun stuff around that. So I'm doing that nice. in Sydney and uh, running a full-day workshop on Friday for um, a bunch of financial-type folk, financial advisor-type folk, uh, or a whole, it's a workshop all around content marketing. So that whole nice. concept of can you give away too much is, is really top of mind. And... Um, 
the Small Business Big Marketing Forum is getting very close to, uh, close to being open to uh, for people to join as members. Okay. So um, pretty excited about that, just populating it with content and uh, and things at the moment. So what about you, mate? What do you got on? Uh, huge. Well, I'm just coming off the back of a very busy couple of weeks. I've been on the road for the last two and I was, uh, spoke at two key people of influence events, one in Sydney and Melbourne. Key person of influence. Key people. Yeah, key person. Key people of influence, key person <laughs> of influence. I'm, I'm being more, I'm being a little bit upmarket this afternoon, yeah, you are. I think. Yeah, you are. Um, but that was, uh, that was great. We had a great event down in Melbourne, great event in Sydney. We had 700 and 800 odd people in uh, the Sydney one. I did a keynote presentation at a big BNI um, gala award thing last Wednesday as well. So a range of those things. So for me, the next couple of weeks are, are really a bit about regrouping. I've got to work on a book. I've got some keynote presentations. Your book? Some, one of my books, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Got a new little book that I've just about finished off now. So, but I just need to go back and actually make it make sense. Got a name? Uh, so no, not really. I'm I'm still I'm keeping my cards a bit close to my chest yep. on this one, uh, but but you'll be the second to know. That means after <laughs> I know, um, and and really uh, the next uh, the next couple of weeks I'm going to have a little bit of goofing off time, mm-hmm. and uh, and really I think just a bit of planning about. Uh, the, the year ahead, it's got some great projects coming up, and and I think that there's a really there's a nice air of positivity out there about doing business, and people are I feel a little bit more enthused, a little bit more energised, and a little bit more excited about uh, to the year ahead, and I think that that's what we all want, to be honest. Love it, mate. Well, uh, Griffo, been a pleasure. Uh, listeners, hope you enjoyed another episode of Funny Business. We put one of these out as part of the Small Business Big Marketing Show uh, pretty much once a month, every four or so weeks. Mm. Um, mm. And if there are topics you want us to cover relevant to running a small business, don't be shy. Send mm. me an email, tim at smallbusinessbigmarketing.com or whack them in the show notes that it form part of this episode at smallbusinessbigmarketing.com. Griffo, you're a gentleman. I love you like a brother. <laughs> take care, mate. I've got to go and see my hairdresser now. It'll <laughs> <laughs> take Be a week. Be good, See you, mate. Righto, folks. Well, I hope you enjoyed that episode of Funny Business with Griffo and I. If we spiked your interest in any of those topics, feel free to go to the show notes at smallbusinessbigmarketing.com. It's episode 123 that you're listening to and leave a comment. Good, bad, indifferent. We want to hear it because if we hear what you're thinking, then we can improve for the next episode of Funny Business going forward. So I get this email last week from Gino Svaji, I think I pronounced that right, Gino, I hope, um, who's a long-time listener of the show and often comments in the LinkedIn group, sends me the odd email, tweet, Facebook, all that. He's an involved listener and I like that. And he makes some comments about episode 122. Let me read and respond to the email. Hi, Timbo. Just finished listening to episode 122. Um, now, just a reminder, guys, episode 122 is with Jonathan Crowicki. He is an entrepreneur. He started a business on Valentine's Day, and I interviewed him on Valentine's Day. The business is called Pitch and Woo, and it is an exclusive marriage proposal service. And he shared with us how he went about um, proposing, and as a result, how he then decided to start a business off the back of what was a very clever proposal idea. 
So, start again. Um, just finished listening to episode 122. The, the, the idea to place a proposal in a fortune cookie is not original. In the film Mickey Blue Eyes, released about 12 years ago, Hugh Grant proposes in a Chinese restaurant with the proposal note in a Chinese cookie. If you get a hold of this movie, this scene is one of the funniest ever produced. Well, you know what? Maybe it isn't original, and I don't think... In, on reflection, I actually said it was an original idea. I did say that his business, that Jonathan's business, Pitch and Woo, is an original idea, certainly in Australia. Maybe not overseas, but certainly in Australia. The, the fact that he copied a proposal idea from a film, good on him. Wouldn't be the first, won't be the last. Um, and, you know, is there such a thing as an original idea anymore? Interesting question. Put your thoughts in the show notes, guys, in the comments of the show notes. Uh, Gino goes on to say, also, I fail to see how he is going to make heaps of money charging two to $3,000 each wedding and estimates eight to 10 weddings per year. Yeah, Gino, I tend to agree. I, I thought Jonathan's pricing was a bit on the low side, given um, what he's doing. He did have that secondary product, which was more an information product, series of videos that people could buy, that blokes could buy for, he didn't actually mention a price, but I'm guessing a few hundred bucks, and I'm guessing Jonathan hopes to sell hundreds of those throughout the course of a year. Um, that said, yeah, pricing was low, and maybe the thing he did say in the interview, which I do hear a lot of entrepreneurs say, is that, you know, price low to start with, get some clients, get some case studies, get some testimonials that then you can then use to up your pricing and, and back up the fact that you've upped your pricing. Gino then goes on to say, PS, suggestion. I think it would be good for you to summarise at the end of each podcast what you thought were the takeaway marketing gold nuggets exposed in the podcast. I think that's a great idea, Gino. Um, I do like that. I am one for saying that, you know, most episodes there is gold nuggets dripping from the small business big marketing headquarters ceiling and um, and there are. Um, I do also suggest having a pen and paper at the ready for many episodes. But um, yeah, Gino, I will consider that idea as a way of wrapping up each show. Love it. Thank you for that. And then he finishes with saying, at times I feel there is a lot of talk about the individual, which has very little to do with marketing. I could be wrong, he says, and he finishes his email. Well, Gino, yep, I reckon that you're right, there is. Um, but I also reckon it's really, really important because without people, there is no marketing, there is no business idea. And, you know, I love the part of the show in which I have that fireside chat with my guests about, you know, who are they? What drives them? Where did their business idea come from? You know, what keeps them up at night? What inspires them? Who inspires them? I think, you know, without that discussion, the small business big marketing show just becomes a show of how-tos. Now, that's interesting in itself because I know that when I do do a how-to show, that it rates very well. How to, you know, improve your marketing on Pinterest rated very well. I know my listeners, everyone listening loves those kind of shows that answer questions. Um, you know, we know for a fact that how to is one of the most searched prefixes on the internet, on YouTube, on Google. You know, we, we, we're keen in how to do such and such. So I get that. But without that people discussion, um, I don't think, you know, when we know the individual, we get a better understanding of their marketing approach. And I think that's really interesting too, Gino, because when we know 
what that individual, that person that I'm speaking to is like, what what drives them, what their personality type is, then we get a better understanding of why they chose a certain marketing direction. And the last thing I want for my listeners is to listen to this show and think, oh, you know, God, I've got to do that, I've got to do this, I've got to do that. You've got to factor in that person that I'm talking to's personality and drive and what inspires them in order to see why they went about doing the marketing they did because I think there's too much pressure to place on ourselves if we go, I've got to be like them, I've got to be like them. You know what? You don't. You have to be like yourself. Listen to the show, get an understanding of who I'm talking to and then based on that, figure out what you can apply and don't try and mirror them because I just find there's so much pressure in just in just mirroring a guest because, you know, we have some mighty guests on this show and I think that would be a huge pressure to be like them. Um, a show without people's stories, Gino, would bore the pants off me, mate. If I don't have the opportunity to um, talk about the individual um, at length, then for me, the small business big marketing show doesn't exist. It's a it's a guiding principle, if you like, of what it is I do. So, Gino, um, thank you, mate, for A, being a long-time listener, B, sending me an email with some commentary, um, and I love it, mate. Love opening up a can of worms and then closing it again. All right, guys, enough. Next week and in the weeks to come, we have got um, a local guy who's opened, a local guy, a local guy to me, who's opened up a very cool coffee shop, which I am frequenting often. I'm envious of what he's done. His name's Sam. I'm envious of what he's done, and it's just damn good on so many levels, business courage, personality, building a brand out of nothing, um, p- putting a coffee shop in an industrial estate, you know, like, oh, wow, so many things. It's exciting interview. Um, I interview a lady, Olivia Fox, on the power of charisma as a marketing strategy. Huh? And uh, Klimmy, Michael Klim, Olympic superstar swimmer, comes back into the small business big marketing studio to give us an update on how his men's skincare range, Milk, Klim, Klim spelt backwards, that's clever, how that's going. He was on the show about three years ago, coming in for a bit of an update. Enough, guys, thank you so much for listening to the show. I love the fact that you do, because without it, there ain't no show. Head over to smallbusinessbigmarketing.com and that is where you'll find a whole host of goodies, including uh, past episodes, of course, and uh, blog products page where I'm slowly but surely putting together a list of products that I believe will help you with your marketing. And shortly, shortly, depending on when you listen to this in the future, the Small Business Big Marketing Forum will be open for business, a place online where we can all hang out and share our marketing knowledge, questions, conundrums. And don't forget, there's the Deep Dive Mastermind, which I run every week. And if you want more information on that, Go to uh, send me an email, tim at smallbusinessbigmarketing.com, and I can tell you more, or you can go to deepdivemastermind.com. Guys, love your work. May you have a great week of marketing. See you next time. You've been listening to the Small Business Big Marketing Show with Tim Reed. Want more marketing goodness? Then visit smallbusinessbigmarketing.com.